And on front page with me this morning is Rizal Zukafli from Awani Global. Good morning, Rizal. Hi, good morning, Chas. Okay, let's take a look at this one. The tragedy of um, a young student in Kuching, Sarawa. Those who incited the 16-year-old girl to commit suicide based on a poll on her Instagram um, on whether she should live or die may be liable to 20 years jail and a fine. The MCMC said offenders may be liable under Section 305 of the Penal Code, which states it is wrong to incite someone aged below 18 to commit suicide. Now, Rizal, I mean, what were your thoughts when you read this um, story in the news? To be honest, I was really shocked when I first um, read the news. And I immediately went back to the story of this girl who also um, pushed her boyfriend. Um, this happened in the U.S., in Massachusetts, in the U.S., who fought, who well, pushed her boyfriend to commit suicide. And she was found guilty um, recently, I think earlier this year. That's right. Um, she sent a text to her boyfriend um, saying that... Um, I'm not going to repeat the text, um, encouraging the boyfriend to commit suicide. And we also spoke with um, a lawyer um, a few days ago. Um, the lawyer said that um, the person who also who participated in the pool could be charged under uh, Penal Code Section 304A, which um, if found guilty could carry a prison sentence about two years, I think. Right. Um, and this is a serious situation. So we immediately went to the uh, social media part, but Astro Awani also um, talked to psychiatrists, talked to people who, um, to, to get to the bottom of it. So it's not just a, a social media thing. We also talked to the psychiatrists as okay. to why um, teenagers were so prone to, um, some of the teenagers were prone to uh, killing themselves. And we found that th- these people are already under a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And social media is their only outlet to vent these um, emotions and feelings that they have. Right. And, and they're very vulnerable when they go on social media. So I think we, we found a lot of that. And, and, and it's, it's, a very, it's a very sad situation that this is happening to this 15-year-old girl. Right. Now, how does MCMC plan to enforce this regulation, especially what with the Personal Data Protection Act and all that? How will they get the information of those who actually voted in the poll? Yesterday, the UK Parliament actually discussed this with two members of uh, from the Instagram, um, from the social media um, uh, company Instagram, mm-hmm. and Instagram said that um, currently, if you go on um, Instagram and you type sensitive words, uh, a prompt will come out and say, uh, "Do you need help, or do you want to see the post straight away?" So this morning, before we did this, um, have this chat, right? Um, I actually went on Instagram and looked at. I tap some sensitive keywords. Um, there are millions and millions of po- um, uh, posts on Instagram. If you type, say, for example, um, you know, um, ending your own life, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the shorter word. Um, if you type that, you will see millions and millions of posts on Instagram encouraging people to do that. So 8.2 million posts alone on that wow. particular word. Okay. So, so I think Instagram has to do something. MCMC has to do something. A lot of people, they have to do something. It's not just one person or one organization right. doing something to, to stop this because Instagram said that um, they're not sure whether they're going to reveal the, the, the identity of the people who actually voted um, um, in that poll um, posted by the 16-year-old girl. But, but I think this is a big issue that, that has to be tackled by, by many, many parties, not just Instagram or MCMC alone. So right. if you've seen that a post on Instagram uh, or, or any social media site saying that you should you, know, you should act.
Okay. Well, when we come back, we'll take a look at uh, Police Prasarana teaming up to ensure safety at Slangor train stations. That is up next after Bruno Mars here on Light. On front page with me this morning from Awani Global is Rizal Zukafli. Now, police Prasarana are teaming up to ensure safety at Selangor train stations to make sure that MRT and LRT stations in Selangor are safer with the Crime Prevention Patrols program. Um, the, the move will see policemen patrolling the stations um, from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily, um, according to their shifts. Um, there apparently have been 58 cases of theft and robberies in MRT and LRT stations in the state over the first four months of this year. That's quite a large number, isn't it, Rizal? Did you feel that police presence is enough to curb further crimes from happening in these areas? I think it's enough, but it's also we also must do more. You remember um, some shopping malls, right, where they have a cutout of police um, or security officer standing at the uh, gate or uh, auto gate uh, mm-hmm. when you exit or when you enter that 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 parking lot, right? Sometimes I get shocked, like, oh my god, there's a person there. <laughs> so, so I think I think people who are planning to commit crime um, maybe will be shocked with the pr- police pre- presence um, because I think the presence, first of all, the presence alone is enough to ensure that uh, and and to tell people that hey, we're here to help protect you and to make your journey more comfortable. But at the same time. Um, uh, we have to also teach the public uh, and the commuters as to how we have to also address um, the public and also teach the public how, as to how to address um, this, a situation where uh, if they're involved, if they see uh, a crime happening in front of them. Right. So so I think it has to be a multi-party um, collaboration. It cannot just be the police mm-hmm. uh, presence there to ensure. Uh, I think police presence at, at public uh, places um, I think we've seen um, a lot of that in Malaysia recently. And to be honest, I feel much better seeing them in public. But I think to some people, it may send a different signal. It may send a negative right. signal. If you go to Singapore, if you go to the UK, if you go to all these other countries, you see pol- you see police presence and you know that, ah, okay, things are going to be okay because there are people here who can respond immediately mm-hmm. just in case something happens. Right. Do you feel that this could be a long-term solution? I think the long-term solution would be the collaboration between many different parties um, involved in a particular area. So, say, for example, the commuters, the um, the operator, and also the um, security forces. Because I think in the UK, um, there was I think there was a poster at the train stations saying that if you see something odd, please let us know so that we can act um, and, and we can do something immediately. So, right. so don't just keep quiet. Because I think sometimes we, we tend to... Um, not want to be part of that scene, right? As mm-hmm. we we stay away and we move away and we be, we, we become quiet, and because we want to arrive at, at work really on time. So so I think it has to be a collaborative effort and not just the effort of the security. Uh, forces alone um, when right. it comes to ensuring the security of every single one of us. All right. Now, coming up, unfair to stop ministers campaigning during working hours. That's what Dr. Madhi Muhammad has said to the Election Commission. Uh, we will discuss that one next here on Light. On front page this morning with me from Awani Global is Rizal Zukapli. Now, the Election Commission should reconsider the prohibition against ministers and politicians with government posts campaigning during working hours, says to Dr. Madhir Muhammad. The EC drew up these conditions and we find it grossly unfair to the government. Therefore, we are going to ask EC to reconsider their condition against government officers from campaigning during working hours. What are your thoughts, Rizal? Should ministers be allowed to campaign during working hours? 
working hours? After all, they were elected by their constituents, um, you know, to actually do a job and not to be campaigning during working hours. What are your thoughts? I think I think a few months ago there was in, there was a memo or a circular issued stopping um, civil servants or, or ministers. I think civil servants mostly uh, from playing golf during working uh, or work days or weekdays. Oh. I can't remember, but but taking that into consideration because they want to stop these um, civil servants from playing golf because, you know, usually it's connected with um, with corruption and bribery. So I think if you want to look at it from in, in, uh, you know, from that angle, um, we also, that also has to apply to the minister in a way that you can't, if you're supposed to work as a minister from Mondays to Fridays, mm-hmm. then you have to work as a minister from Mondays to Fridays and during work hours. So after work hours, you can go out to campaign lah. Because we, Malaysia, as, as, as a country, we don't really have a clear separation of powers. So yes. we say, because these ministers are members of parliament or members of Adilewan Undangan Negeri, but they're also ministers. So, so they hold two different positions, right? They, mm-hmm. they hold the executive and legislative position. So it has to be clear where one stops and where the other one begins. So, so if they go down there and um, doing work hours, surely they are ministers, right? Mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. because then they probably get access to the uh, transportation, they, they probably wear their uniform or their badges or, or wh- whatever it is. If I go out during work hours and I go to a restaurant and people see me during work hours and they say, oh, that could you that too, that could you that too. Or school kids, they go <laughs> yeah, out during, during school, school hours. hours. Yeah, people say, oh, that's called that's called that's curi 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 ayam, curi ayam, curi ayam is for football, just curi tulang, right? Curi tulang. So, so I think that should apply as well because because work because I think the nine to five is reserved for your formal work position, and after that you can do whatever you want. I guess nine to five is about eight hours um, in a day, so you've got another sixteen hours to campaign if you really yes. have to campaign. So I think I think we have to be clear and. Stone is doing really well when it comes to fighting against corruption. So I think this should be a part of that as well. All so, right. so I believe, I believe, I, I agree with with EC's um, ruling on that. Okay. Well, coming up, three militants of the Islamic State Wolfpack cell have been nabbed, and uh, we want to take a look at that headline and story next here on Light. On front page with me this morning from Awani Global is Rizal Zukafli. Three militants of Islamic State Wolfpack cell have been nabbed. They were the three remaining members um, that were planning terror attacks in Malaysia during the month of Ramadan. Um, they've been detained. The Inspector General of Police at the Men, two Malaysians and one Indonesians, were arrested by the Counter-Terrorism Division in Kedah and Selangor on Tuesday. So Rizal, other than, you know, going full out, what else is Malaysia doing to ensure that, uh, to curb terrorism in the country? I think so far the police, I think so far the police forces have, have done a really good job in ensuring that um, these acts would never carry out. Uh, previously, we've got a few high-profile arrests by the police forces, and I think it's it's a really good job. It's not just the police, again, um, when it comes to ensuring the security of um, everyone in this country. So, again, so that is just one part. And, and I believe, uh, I think on CNA um, this morning, it was reported that the three Wolfpack have been detained. Two of them were encouraged to go hand themselves over to the police by their family members. And yes. the other one was caught in, I think, in Banting or in, in one, one part um, earlier um, on, on Thursday. So I believe that um, if you want to ensure the security, the police forces have been doing really well in curbing this. But you, as a member of the public, should also play your role. Um, and it's not just up to the security, security forces. Yes, they have more resources. They have the intelligence. They have... 
they have all these things needed to to, to stop to stop this. But I think it's also the um, the general public, public as yes. well playing a bigger role, because I think we have to understand that in 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 places where ISIS were previously very active, say for example in Syria, in in, in many uh, these other countries. Um, because of the fact that they now have um, been defeated in some countries, the smaller cells are being activated in countries in Southeast Asia. So this was report. This was said to me by by an analyst, mm-hmm. a, a terrorism analyst. And so we have to be a bit more vigilant moving forward because right. this is the reality. Because it's not it's not it's a borderless um, situation thing. Right. I mean, I, I've heard even from friends that um, uh, attend church that bags are being checked you know, before people enter and, and whatnot. So I think there is definitely uh, more awareness, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think it's a new norm, I guess. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that fear is the new norm, but to be extra careful, to be doing everything that we can do to ensure the safety of people is the new norm. Um, remember what happened in Sri Lanka, people? Yes. The police uh, and, and, uh, and the, the uh, security forces were tipped off, uh, were, were given uh, a tip that, Something will happen soon. Something yeah. big will happen soon. But they ignore that. Yes. And and do we want to take chances and say, ah, apalah, it's just it's just a small congregation. Mm. Ah, apalah, it's just it's just nothing. It's just a normal daily prayer. We don't want to take that risk because I think I think we don't want to encourage this this culture of apalah when it comes to security, national security, and the, the lives of of all these people. So I think it's good that. Um, we not to, to live in fear, but to be extra careful and to play our different roles when it comes to um, ensuring the um, or we curb terrorism. All right. When we come back, Dr. Sri Anwar Ibrahim had a message for PAS. He said, "Come clean on Didak Cartel." We'll look at that story next here on Light. On front page with me this morning is Rizal Zukapli from Awani Global. And Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim had a message for PAS. He said, come clean on the Dak cartel. These are about allegations that at least five party leaders from PAS had received money from UMNO and were part of what has become known now as the Dak cartel. He said this matter is a public interest despite a gag order imposed on PAS members recently. He told this to reporters after attending an event at University Kebangsaan Malaysia. Now, Rizal, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he said this out loud and in public and whatnot. Now, the calling out on this Didak cartel, is this a role of a politician such as him? Or is it something for the regulators to um, be the ones making the announcement and whatnot? I think he's heading the parliamentary reform. And um, I believe that he wants to ensure that the politicians, uh, the political parties with regards to political funds are in check. You know, because I believe that he is, he wants to prove himself and he wants to move forward and saying that I am also in this fight against corruption. I may not be uh, a minister mm-hmm. or a civil servant, but I'm a minister in, in, in that case. Uh, but I can also um, push for greater reforms when it comes to political funds, political fundings and p- political parties um, involved in, in cases of corruption. So I think he wants to prove himself. I believe it's coming from somebody who people have been looking up as a political figure, as a great political figure in this country, as a big political figure in this country, I think people will also want to be part of that call. So I think having him said that is a positive thing. Um, on the other hand, you can also have the regulators um, also come in, the enforcement agencies to also come in and to do their investigation. So people can call out uh, these, these allegations, but also it has to be followed up by, by enforcement and uh, by ensuring that if there's nothing wrong with these people, then mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with these people. But it has to be clear. So you cannot just um, cry wolf, but you have to also get the 
enforcement agencies to be part of that cry. Exactly. Well, Rizal, thank you so much for your thoughts on this week's headline. Thank you so much. Okay, well, that was Rizal Zukapli from Awani Global.